What's up, y'all? You already know who it is. And in case you don't, it's your girl, Queen, coming through from that NOLA, baby. Welcome to my podcast, Queen's Uplifting and Inspiring Podcast. I hope you're ready for this heat, because I'm coming in hot. Sit down and grab your seat. And like we say down here in the bayou, les ans, le bon temps, roule. That means let the good times roll. Welcome back, guys. I am super excited to be back with you guys for another week of that Louisiana heat. And I have a special guest with me on today. Her name is Brittany Monet. Okay. <laughs> yes, y'all. Um, I'm excited. We are definitely doing a series on um, surviving sexual assault in honor of those um, victims and survivors of human trafficking so i'm excited to have Brittany with me as a guest on the show so welcome brit tell everybody yourself hi hi queen um thank you for having me first it's just an honor to be here um my name is Brittany manet i am from new york and i am a kingdom creator um aromatherapist poet coach and all of the above (laughs) i do a little of everything but you know all in all it's all about you know motivating and uplifting kingdom women to live their best selves unapologetically in spite of the chaos that they've experienced um and i'm just excited i'm ready Awesome. Well, I am definitely excited. I am ready as well um, because there is a lot of chaos going on. Yes. We definitely have to uplift and inspire one another. Yes, um, and we do. We were on that, um, we met on Clubhouse and yes. we met, I briefly heard you tell, share a little bit of your testimony and I was like, oh my God, she's like, <laughs> what? Yes. Oh, and, and 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 you almost knocked me out of my seat because I was like, that's so powerful. I was like, this woman of God needs to come on and share her story because more mm-hmm. women are speaking up and they're speaking out against sexual abuse, sexual yeah. assault. Um, and I know for me, last year was my first time when I decided to speak out about those things because they were buried so deep down. I had suppressed yeah. this for so many years, but God was like, no, I'm ready to heal you. I'm ready to deliver you. And I'm ready for you to speak up and speak out. Yes. Um, and a lot of times when we hold those things in, we're also holding in our healing. And so yes. well, God, I was like, oh my God. And something just was like, Ugh, you need to connect with Brittany. <laughs> And so yes. I definitely want to honor you and give your voice, a, give your story a voice on today. So share with us you. um, your testimony about sexual assault. Um, so I first, um, my first experience with, uh, I want to say abuse, right? Yeah. Um, molestation um, initially was at the age of six and that carried on to about the age of, I want to say 14, Um, but my, and that was, you know, through family members, you know, babysitters and things like that, Um, things that happened in the Black families, and um, when I went away to college, I was a victim of sexual assault. I had went out on a date with this guy, and um, we went to a bowling alley, you know, a public place, so I'm like, you know, nothing bad can happen here. (laughs) It's public, and um, he he was bringing back drinks from the bar, and Next thing I know, I was like in and out of consciousness on a hotel bed um, while he was raping me. Um, next thing I know, I woke up and we were in front of my dorm 
and he was like using my phone to call my roommate to bring me upstairs. Um, it wasn't until that next morning when I woke up, when I realized what had happened and those images were playing back in my head. And um, I was like, wow, I was just date raped. Um, I didn't open up about it. Um, my college roommates knew, but that was it. That was it. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you went on a date in a public yes. And you're like, all right, turn up, bring me the drinks, the shots, yes. the skinny, the Jameson, whatever it is you yes. were drinking. And you trusted this guy. And yes. this guy took it a little further. He was like, okay, instead of me asking for you or letting me, you know, see how the things are going to go, I'm going yes. to poison you pretty much. You yes. Know? And I'm yep. going to take advantage of you. Kind of like the story in the Bible um, when... Uh, Tamar was raped by her um her stepbrother you know mm -hmm. instead of him asking for her he wanted to manipulate yes. his you know manipulate her and, and steal something from her instead of yes. just like okay well you know yeah I'm gonna ask for you or whatever so how did they because that's very traumatic it's very yes, very for most because you're you were at a place where you didn't even know if you were going to get up you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or how you would have been affected afterwards. Yes. So and really fighting to stay awake and realizing I couldn't. And I'm like, um, Henny Coladas doesn't do this to you. You know what I mean? Like in college, we drink whatever, but it was never something like that. And it was hard because this guy was like known around campus because of his business. So he had like a relationship with the school and it was, it, it was hard. It was hard. Um, when I had saw like a female associate, like get in his car one day and I was like, girl, what, like you okay. You know, I didn't really open up to her, but I was like, you got to stay away from him. He is dangerous. And I left it as that. Um, but yeah, every time I saw him, like I would be sick to my stomach. My roommate was like, you should call the cops. And I'm like, no, I don't want to, you know, don't really want to get involved because I had an experience with police officers before. I've been arrested before. So I didn't even want to open up that door. And it was just, yeah, I was more afraid of how I would look to family. Um, I didn't want to be that girl on campus. You know what I mean? The stories that we see and what we hear. And I just, I wasn't big on attention, good or bad. I didn't want it. Mm -hmm. But you were that girl on campus. You didn't want to yes. be that girl on campus, but you still turned out to be that girl on campus. That girl on campus. That girl yeah. on campus to keep it to herself. That girl on campus to be quiet. That girl on campus mm -hmm. to know there's a, a big bad wolf, you know, yes. instead of speaking out about it, you know, you were afraid. And mm -hmm. that's what um, sexual assault does. It steals your voice and it muzzles and it silences you. Yes. And it makes you walk around in shame and humiliation. Um, yes. And one of the things you said, you said about a cop, we've all had experiences with cops, um, mm -hmm. especially in the Black community. Me, myself, um, the first time I was raped, it was by a cop. It was okay. by a police officer that lived in my neighborhood. Um, this I'm man sorry. had seen me. Uh, you know, walking home from school, he knew I was in high school. He knew, you know, by because he was from the area, so he patrolled mm -hmm. the area, and he knew the the difference in our uniforms that we wore. Um, so right. he asked me my age. I told him seventeen. That man knew I wasn't seventeen. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
he knew I was 15. He knew that I was young, but I was fully developed. Right. And so um, he offered to pay me money and like all of this stuff. And I took it, you know, because my mom ain't giving me no money. We black, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right, I'm going to take your little money and didn't know that that was opening up the door for me uh, with pretty much sex trafficking. Wow. Sex trafficking yeah. with this policeman. This man is 38 years old and I'm 15. You know, mm-hmm. and, and my mom called the police on me. Um, at that time, he had just I had just let him perform oral on me. Uh, but at that time, um, my mom, me and my mom got into a really bag, and the police was called, and he answered the call. He came through the door. Oh my god. And I'm looking like, what in the world is the Jerry yeah. Springer going on here? And the mm-hmm. look that he gave me was like, you better not say a word. I didn't even know that he was a police at that time. Wow. I didn't wow. even know. I, I was like, what? And I, and I was so afraid because I was like, first and foremost, my mom and them, you know, she already, black house, we cut up. Yes. Going through abuse here with her and my stepdad because he was an alcoholic and he used to abuse me um, as well. And so I'm just looking like mm-hmm. I cannot say nothing because mm-hmm. I'm on both ends. Like he yes. stop, he's supposed to protect me and he around here is trying to sleep with me and after I met up with him after that incident he actually raped me after he came to our home um and I never told anybody about it I kept it to myself until I decided to speak out and write my book Mm -hmm. um and it made me so angry because uh God was like look look up you know um this guy so I looked him up because I was like, I wonder whatever happened to him, you know, and because I was feeling the the feelings of, um, I was feeling the feelings of rage. I was feeling the feelings of guilt um, because I didn't say anything. Yes. And I said, by me keeping silent, I put other people in harm. In danger. Yeah. Yeah. So I was so mad with myself. I was so, I would beat myself up. So God told me like, what, two months ago to look the guy up. And I looked him up and he actually, the day after Hurricane Katrina hit the city of New Orleans, he actually was shot um, in the head by a civilian um, and almost lost his life. And they were portraying in the news like, oh my God, this man is a, a great hero of the city of New Orleans and you know he's done this he's done that out there and all this great stuff and I'm just like you just don't even know this man is a whole pervert yes the whole child molester this man is a whole wow wow and how many women right how many girls Mm -hmm. how many women how many so even when it goes back to you how do you feel now with like like you've seen this 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 monster because let's mm-hmm. be that's what he is a monster and you've seen what he did to you first and foremost how did it affect you afterwards um every time I would see him like I said I would be sick to my stomach um I was dating this football player at the time and um after like I want to say a year after and we were in the mall and he was online at the food stand. And I was like, oh no, let's go. Like, let's go. Um, I feel like at that opportunity, at that was my opportunity to say something. I didn't. 
um, I had saw him again this time in my side of town because I went to school out of town. Um, I saw him on my side of town at another mall and I'm like, God, why do I keep seeing this man? Like, why? I was so upset that I would just stop going to these places. Um, but the more that time went on and I really kept playing it back, I'm like, why didn't I speak up, right? Why didn't I say something? Um, because I know that he still has this relationship with this school and he has access to so many girls, right? Um, who else did this happen to? So at one point I found myself wanting to ask the girl that I was associated with what happened, but I stopped. Um, I didn't follow through with it, but you know, as time goes on now, I'm like, I really wanna know. Like, I really wanna know if it was just me. I really wanna know how many complaints were brought against him. Like I, it, it's like boiling in my stomach, right? Um, I really wanna know what has happened since. But then it's like, should I even bother? Um, why open up old wounds? You know, it's just the, the constant replaying in the mind. But again, feeling guilt, feeling shame, um, and really just being angry with myself. Because when I was, you know, assaulted by family and molested by family, I never said nothing about them, right? So now, all of a sudden, why, why now? Why this? So it's like, Mm. yeah <laughs> but enemy tricks us up it because he conditions us it starts mm -hmm. with family members um what he conditions us to make us say okay well if you ain't say nothing when la ray ray and them pooping them diddy then why what makes you think that your voice matters now when yes this person is doing and this person is a person of influence mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so the enemy would definitely try to trick us up and make us not speak out on those things. But if God was continuing to show you that person, it was for you to come you right. to say something. You know yes. Because um, I remember like three years ago, I actually saw the man in Walmart mm. before I even looked up what happened to him and all of that. So this is like three years ago. It was around Christmas time. We were shopping in Walmart. And all of a sudden, I turned the block, not the block, I turned the aisle, <laughs> and I looked, and I see him, and, like, I just froze, and I was like, there's no way, and I just backed up out the aisle and went the opposite direction, instead mm -hmm. of confronting him, instead of, you know, just letting it out. Yes letting it out because I swept that under the rug. I was like, you know what? That man don't even probably know me. He don't mm -hmm. even remember me. He gonna deny it anyway. So why even right. make myself look like a fool? Because that's what the enemy will have you thinking. Ain't nobody gonna believe you. You a liar. You gonna, you know, all of these mm -hmm. lies that he tells us when it's time for us to speak out to not only protect others, but to protect ourselves. Yes to yes. ourselves um because it started also with me in the home and mm -hmm. the first time when it started with me in the home I was asked keep can you keep this a secret yeah, and I don't like, tell your mother mm -hmm. like, yeah okay I'll keep it a secret but I wasn't touched then I wasn't mm -hmm. touched but it, I was asked to be touched you know and I was like 
no, you know, I'm like, hell no, matter of fact, um, you know, but it conditioned me to keep those secrets. Yes. And all of these secrets just piled up. Yes. And yeah, you know, so I, I'm enjoying this conversation. Um, I thank you so much for, you know, being open and just being transparent. Yes. So um, another thing you shared also that was very powerful, you said that you um, had experienced uh, a mental breakdown. Yes. Um, I was in a domestic violence relationship um, a few years ago. I'm going to say from 2014 to 2018. Um, but in that relationship like it was it was toxic it was super toxic um and you know we're warned about certain guys like oh no you know he did this to his ex and he did this and you know as black women we'd be like that ain't gonna be me <laughs> like that ain't me right and lo and behold that became me um and it was I couldn't understand how a person so pure right with a good heart like me I give I always want to see people win I will motivate and uplift you to be your best self right so I couldn't understand why you would want to destroy me like um the first time I had experienced it like we were arguing and he choked me in the hallway and I woke up on the floor like yeah I literally woke up on the floor to him crying like begging God for me to wake up and I'm like, what in the world? Like never happened before. Um, we would constantly, you know, I realized it would constantly always result from arguing. And then he would put his hands on me. And I was just like, why me, God? Like, why me? What did, what did I do to deserve this, right? And I never, I never thought it would be me because I was that person that would protect my cousins, that would protect my friends if, when they were in these situations, you know, I knew how to move. So now it's me and I feel stuck. Now it's me and I'm being isolated from my family. Now it's me and, you know, it, it was just going down a bad drain. It was like drugs involved, heavy drug usage, um, heavy drinking and realizing that because he hated who he was, he tried to, you know, steal the light out of me I totally you know now looking back I get it he just was damaged and he was in no position to take care of me love me or even love himself right so after a while I literally went crazy like literally went crazy um I had suicidal ideations from when I was younger um this came back now in my late 20s right? I was in the kitchen and I literally tried to kill myself. And he came in, he caught me. He was like, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to leave me? Like, what's wrong with you? And da, 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 da. and then I just like literally broke down. Um, the doctors diagnosed me with bipolar one, severe depression. Um, I was diagnosed with uh, hyperthyroidism. I was diagnosed with asthma, like all of these things that I had never had before. Now, all of a sudden we're here. Um, I was and this led to me being in the hospital multiple times. Like I had, when you have um, a thyroid issue that results in thyroid storms and thyroid storms are brought on by stress, <laughs> by not taking your prescriptions, right? You know, all of this. So I would be in the hospital every month, every month I'm in there for like one to two weeks, constantly losing weight, losing my hair. And, um, 
the one time I want to say in 2016, I was in there like a week before my birthday. And they were like, you know, you got to take care of yourself because you're literally going to die. Like you have to take care of yourself. But again, if you're in a situation where you're constantly being abused mentally, physically, emotionally, how is that going to happen? <laughs> how? Um, they had released me and um, I felt weird. Long story short, I was supposed to have surgery to have my thyroid removed. So I went to my pre-surgical appointment a few weeks later and found out that I was pregnant. Mind you, I was just in the hospital. Y'all didn't tell me I was pregnant. I'm on thyroid medication that's harmful to pregnancies. So it was just like, it was, it was chaos. And um, I had passed, um, I had a miscarriage in the toilet, one, and another baby was in my tube. So I had to go to the hospital again. They had to flush my tubes. And um, that led to me bleeding from June all the way to September, constantly nonstop, right? Nonstop. And I was just like, what is life? Like, you know, now I'm here, I'm sick. He's still mentally going, mentally not stopping, emotionally not stopping, but you're still trying to have sex with me. Mind you, I just told you I, I bled like an entire summer and it's just, he didn't care. The hospital, he didn't care, not an apology, not a card, not balloons, not anything, like literally nothing, nothing. And after a while, I was like, I can't do this. I, I can't do this. Um, and the more I, you know, drew nearer to God from journaling, you know, listening to worship music in this space, because like we were literally like in a room with each other all day, <laughs> all day. Um, and he's like, you know, I don't know why you believe in God. He ain't gonna help you. I, 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 I like literally constantly try to shoot that down. And I was just keep writing, keep journaling. And um, I had applied to a job because I had stopped working because of my sickness. So I applied to a job and I got the job. And he took me out, right, to celebrate, um, embarrassed me in the restaurant. Oh, you're getting a job. You think you better than me, I, like loud, cursing me out. Um, I call a cab. We get in the cab. He's trying to throw the food out the window. Um, we get in the house, he's arguing and here we are on the bed. He's on top of me, choking the life out of me. And I literally heard God say, are you going to give this man the power to kill you? I pushed him off of me, grabbed all my stuff, two o'clock in the morning, went to my grandmother's house and never turned back. Never turned back. And I want to say that was the first time I heard God clear. Like, are you really going to give this man the power to kill you? And I got out of there got out of there girl <laughs> yeah that's yeah awful um my god i'm sitting here on the edge of my seat like what like give me more like what else happened <laughs> mm -hmm. yes oh. like a real movie <laughs> a real oh, movie wow mm -hmm. but that's so powerful and i'm so proud of you for choosing you Yes. And she has a powerful community on Clubhouse, guys. So go and check out her Clubhouse community. It's called <laughs> I Choose Me. Um, and it's yes. beautiful. It's a space where women can come and they can heal. They can get to live. Yes. We journal. We write. We laugh. <laughs> we cry. I shared some stuff. I was like, oh, my God. Why am I sharing this with these <laughs> Yes. Like, God, what's going in here? But it was so beautiful. 
Um, and it's stories like this that definitely brings healing and deliverance because women will see you now and see where you are now, but they don't know your story. They don't mm -hmm. know those times where you were in the hospital, you know, fighting for your life or, you know, having to go through miscarriages and having to deal with this monster knocking you upside of your head, mm -hmm. all of these different things, you know, and they're looking at you now like, oh my gosh, she popping, she healed, she holds, she glowing, like, <laughs> what's going on, you know, but yes. Um, that's why it's beautiful to give people that that preview and like hey it hasn't always been like this mm -hmm. it hasn't always been like this but let me show you how I got out of this yes um, because I know I used to get offended when people would look at my life now and they would say oh you traveling oh you always gone oh you you think you all this because you got this that and the third or whatever whatever and I'm just like Look, boo, you don't know me. You don't know me. You know what I mean? That's why I had to write that book because it was like, look, if you would know all the hell I've been through, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I shouldn't even be sitting in front of you. You know, yes. the enemy, um, I'm not even gonna say the doctor because the enemy used the doctor to uh, you know, diagnose me with a bipolar schizophrenia disorder. Mm -hmm. You know, I almost lost my mind. I had to yeah mental breakdowns within two months you know what i'm saying um yes. i almost lost it like you can lose your house you can lose a car you can gain all of that stuff back but if you lose your mind, mind. yes like my yes. god but god is a restorer and he's yes, a healer he and he's a deliverer so i'm just i'm excited about this conversation yes. like you just don't know he's doing something to my soul and it's really just um really just showing us the goodness of god because yes. like now you know you're you you turned your pain into passion and now you have your business and now mm -hmm. you know you have books coming yes look i'm calling the fort right now yes you are <laughs> You know, but God is doing some um, amazing things with you, yes, you know, so I'm, really I'm yeah. And it's like, if God can save me, right, the girl that lost both parents before she was 11, the girl that survived, you know, family molestation, survived date rape in college, survived the domestic violence relationship, survived, you know, that mental breakdown, right, those diagnoses, like, if, if I can do it, I know that, you know, any woman can do it. It's just the power of God and really choosing to put God first and then choosing yourself because that's really what it takes and committing to do the work, not for nobody else, but for you. Um, we as women always want to love, 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 love. But what about loving us, putting that same energy into us? And then God will send somebody that's deserving of that love that we long for for so long to give to other people right so that's just it's real <laughs> it's mm -hmm. real and I'm just grateful for you know his hand on my life his covering because yeah yes yes I and wasn't that's almost here <laughs> um you know I, I noticed that a lot of times when we deal with um rejection and abandonment mm -hmm. when we have those deep wounds we're looking for fillers Yes. And yes. instead of allowing God to fill those wounds, you know, um, because if another person tries to fill it, it's only going to be void anyway. Yes. Yes. Yep. 
because that spot is only for God to fill, you know. Um, we, we look for other sources. We look for other things. That's why, you know, it says, like, you will not be satisfied, like, your riches, you know, your wealth. You will not be satisfied with any of those things. Because I remember I had just got married. And it was supposed to be the time of my life now. I'm supposed to be great. My husband, like, look, we just got married. We done went on a honeymoon. We had a beautiful wedding paid in full honeymoon. Paid. Like everything was beautiful. And I get back home and I'm just sitting there just like, and he's like, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's like, no, something's wrong with you. I mean, we had just redone our house, like anything a girl could want, you know? Yes. Um, and I just found myself in this dark space, just like crying. Mm-hmm. Full of depression, just full of like, I'm like, God, what is wrong with me? But it was something inside of me. And mm-hmm. I and he's like, I'm, I'm doing everything that I can to make you happy. And you're not happy. And it made me feel bad because like, why am I not happy? You know, but it wasn't. Self-reflecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't him. He was doing everything that he could. The kids was doing everything that they could. But it was just something inside of me. I needed to get to the root of the issue. I needed to get to those insecurities. I needed to get to that low self-esteem, that rejection, that abandonment, all of those things that was trying to resurface, you know, Mm -hmm. I had to get to that stuff. And it wasn't until I got to, well, not I, because look, as humans, we don't never want to get to that. Right. Like, look, put a little makeup on there, put some make on there, some little Crayola Mm -hmm. cake put that on there a little blender eyeshadow and keep it moving keep it pushing you know, you know but god is like well when you gonna take that mask off mm-hmm. take mask off. look at these moons all so right crazy. yeah you know okay you went through abandonment rejection domestic violence you even rape molestation all of these things you went through in life you cannot continue to go through life with all of this baggage, mm-hmm. with all yeah. of this damage, you can't continue. Cause if if so, you are gonna break. Yes, you gotta put it down. You gotta lay it at God's feet. You gotta give yeah. it to Him. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And it wasn't until I decided that I was not gonna lean on my own understanding, mm-hmm. but I was gonna give it to God, and I was gonna trust Him that I decided yeah. I was gonna make it out of this thing. Because trying to do it on my own, I was moving. it wasn't working. No, no. And that's what really drives us crazy because we're thinking we're doing everything right, right? We handling it, we got it, but why do we feel this way? Like, what is this feeling, right? And not for nothing, it wasn't until 2021 when God was like, you know, take that mask off, like really dive in and be you, right? So I took out the bundles stop wearing the wigs like really stopped wearing the makeup right let me love Britney for Britney because I don't know where all this stuff came from right like when did I not feel comfortable being me mm-hmm. I had to pinpoint that right um that traced back to that DV relationship when was I I was always used to holding stuff in not sharing stuff so I literally made a list a chart of everything that I had gone through from birth to now and was on the phone with my fiance and he was like wow like 
wow, because that was the first time I really openly shared that with another human being. And he couldn't believe it. Like he couldn't believe that I was still me. He couldn't believe that I was still even capable to love, right? And capable to even grow through all of that. Then I started booking the um, the trauma sessions, the healing and deliverance, right? With apostle. And really, because I've been in therapy all my life, my therapist can never heal me, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Therapy is not for healing. Therapy is for releasing. They can't give you that a, a solution that only God can give you. And that was something that I had to realize because when you go to therapy, you're already going with your guards up. <laughs> you already got your guards up because you're like, oh, they just gonna judge me. Or you're really in there for 30 minutes. She's writing things down on this tiny notepad of what you're saying that's really not going to register. <laughs> so let me just, again, push it under the, sweep it under the rug because had, you know, I had that therapist that really cared, she would have gave me DV resources. She would have put me in a DV shelter to get away from him. Like, you know, so it was really operating in faith and really going that God route (laughs) that helped me, love me, see me, understand me. And in turn, everything is blossoming now. Like this is the first year, 2022 is the first year where I'm I'm in full alignment with God, what he wants me to do. Um, Even down to this conversation with you, I would have never thought I'd be having a conversation about the things I've experienced. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, you know, but it was even through our conversation, I felt healing. Um, And from, you know, you sharing your story with me, our love for poetry, and our different levels of poetry. I'll never forget that poem, The Ice Cream Man. Like I felt that in my spirit, sis. So it's like God is now, you know, bringing these powerful kingdom women together who have similar stories, who have, you know, similar things and for us to grow from and learn from each other. And I'm here for it. I love it. And I'm just, I just thank you for this. And I really pray that, you know, women hear this and realize that, they can make it, they can come out of it. They can come out of it. And um, the best is yet to come. Ooh, I received that in the name of Jesus. And look, yes. got me over here looking for the ice cream man because I'm call again before we get off of here. Because I ain't yes. this, you know, on my podcast, but I'm, I'm going to share it. Um. Yes, you have to. You have to. Man, you know, but one thing about it, um, like you said, I went to therapy too. Um, so I went to therapy, but I went, I was so guarded. Mm-hmm. And I was like, at that time, I wasn't ready to be honest with me. Yes. I had just been assaulted on my job, um, by, uh, just, a, a a lead organizer. Cause I was a union organizer. And so I had just been assaulted, physically assaulted. And that's when I actually had that, that those two nervous breakdowns. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I had just gave my life to Christ. I was on fire for God. Like I was, you know, in ministry and just like doing, and then all of a sudden the tech came and almost took me out. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I was like, what in the world? And I was so mad with God. I was so angry because I was like, God, I've been abused since I got on this earth. I was like, right. the first man to put their hands on me was my step-grand, well, well he was my great-grandfather. And then after that, that's when my brother started abusing me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, I'm not nobody's rag doll. Like, right. why do you keep sending these men to abuse me? You know, because mm-hmm. I thought it was him, you know? Um, 
And I was so angry with God. I was yes. so angry with God, but I still loved him, but I didn't mm-hmm. open my heart to him to really get down to those issues and stuff. Yes. Um, and so it really took for me because I was going to therapy. I wore this mask. I, man, I was in there talking about vacations. We were talking about Paris. We were talking about yes. the future. And, you know, she was like, girl, I went to, um, you know, hot springs. I was like, oh, me and my girlfriend's gone. We're going to get a massage, all of this stuff. And I'm so busy. I'm excited about my future, but I never dealt with my past. I never yeah. dealt with that, that luggage that was back there. And so when I got married, I took all of that stuff in my luggage, mm-hmm. all of it. And I was in church. I was serving. I was bleeding all over the place. I was at work, you know, bleeding, mm-hmm. just whatever, you know what I'm saying? Lashing out at home, bleeding all over the people, my, my kids, yes. my husband, just everything. And then all of a sudden, I was, God was like, you're going to stop running, Jonah, mm-hmm. stop running come deal with it mm-hmm. and I'm like no I don't <laughs> I'm not dealing with it yes I was like that's too I much. Wanna open that mm-hmm. I was like I got dust on the cobwebs I'm not dealing I'm not about to open Pandora's box and it's gonna mm-hmm. hurt it's gonna hurt I don't want to look at me I don't want to deal yes. with, I want to point the finger and blame everybody else but I don't want to deal with me mm-hmm. you know and that was the first time where God was like he really just started bringing all of this stuff to my remembrance about the rape, about the sexual assault, about these domestic violence um, relationships and just everything. You know, he showed me the first time I let a man, a boyfriend slap me in the face. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, yes, I said, I did yes. that. Yes. So I was like, girl, you let the man slap you and you ain't say nothing. You just cry. I was like, wow. You know, so he showed me the patterns. He even showed me the patterns in my in my bloodline because mm-hmm. those are also generational curses too. Yes. You know, um, and it's so funny. Like we're talking because my mom, me and my mom just had this conversation yesterday. So, you know, all of the cycles and the things that we go through, mm-hmm. it's nothing that that's new. It's nothing yes. that's new. So I already knew that my great grandfather raped several of his children. Um, mm-hmm. with them, so incest runs in my bloodline. My mom is a product of that as well, and so my mom just uh told me yesterday she was like, "Yeah, because you know he was a police officer," and we didn't tell wow. him. I said, "Now what in the world?" I said, "Now the same man that raped my great grandmother, then turned around and raped his daughters." And he tried to rape you too. And he beat me. He was a police officer. And here we are four generations later. The same man that raped me was a police officer. A police I said, not nah, my guy. Yeah. Mm. Mm. My guy. My guy. That I is mean, it's, crazy. it's so important for us to talk about this. Yes. It's so important yes. for us to expose these family secrets, these ancient yes. demons. Because they ain't even our demons we fight. We fight ancient generational demons it really wasn't until my healing and deliverance session that I booked with apostle where we really went through my genealogy right and I went back as far as I could remember like with my grandmother my grandfather never met my grandfather but knew that he only took one daughter with him when he bought his house and left the rest of his kids in Brooklyn right so it was like we started talking about that and then the things with my cousins and how my male cousins who, you know, 
molested me and was touching me, all of these are his grandsons, right? So where did it stem from? Where did it come from? And all of that. So it's like them, we had such a powerful conversation. I think we were on the phone for like three hours, pinpointing all of that, all of it. And it was just like, it blew my mind. It really blew my mind um, that, you know, those, our forefathers, the sins of our forefathers, right? And how that really carries on until, you know, we're the generation of the curse breakers. Like that's, that's who we are. We're the ones that, you know, we're able to overcome everything that we've endured because we're the ones that are supposed to break these curses in our bloodlines. So it's just, it was powerful, but I never knew that, you know, through therapy, I didn't learn that. <laughs> I learned that when I had to take the spiritual healing route <laughs> because it was never going to get that deep in therapy. So yeah, I told when I finally opened up, cause I had stopped going to my therapist because she told mm-hmm. me, she was like, yeah, I don't believe in the people that say they hear from God and stuff like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, damn, you just don't know. I hear from him very <laughs> clearly, but I ain't going to tell you, you know, because she was a cat. Mm-hmm. I'm not, your denomination, your faith, whatever. You know, it ain't even about all of that. But, right. So um, what got me was when she, I started talking to her about molestation. And she said, well, you know, they used to go on in everybody's house and I actually liked it. And I was like, Oh my God. Wow. I said, this ain't the place for me. Mm-mm. This ain't, you know, because I'm trying to deal with my truth. I'm trying to really get healing, really get deliverance. I'm not going to mm-hmm. let say, oh, I liked it. I didn't like it. I didn't. Mm-mm. I didn't like nobody to touch me on the corporate. Yes. I, like, no, my body is my body. I'm not broken. Yes. You cannot have me your weight, you know. Um, so when she said, I was like, hmm. And God had been telling me for a minute now, he's like, this ain't where I want you. But I was so used to just, you know, going because I was like, we ain't getting to the root of none of my problems. Mm-hmm. We ain't getting to the root. You give me advice, but. I'm still in these same cycles. Yes, yes. So what are, what, why are we here? You know, like, no, why are we here? When God, God is my deliverer, he's my mm-hmm. healer. And you're not going to tell me that he ain't real because when I was battling a 10-year opioid addiction, yeah, God wanted to give me more medication. He delivered me from himself. I have mm-hmm. no cause or nothing. So... Yeah. No, it's time for me to go. It's time for me to go. And it wasn't until God started dealing with me himself, showing me things himself, me really um, going through this process. My poetry, yes. it actually yes. brought so much healing. It, it, you know, it brought out this creative side. I was like, mm-hmm. what in the world? What am I yes. talking about? <laughs> you know, yes. but it brought so much healing, so much therapy. Um, and a love for writing, a love for God even yes. more. I was like, God, I was like, you really been there all along throughout all mm-hmm. of it, you know? So it was, it was definitely beautiful and really just going through those inner healing and deliverance one-on-one sessions um, with, uh, you know, cause I, I seen a trauma specialist as well. 
um, mm-hmm. specializing in inner healing and deliverance. And just going to sessions like those where I was like, okay, now my joy is restored. Now, yes. you know, I have peace yes. um, and comfort and just really just, my God. So, yeah. Before, <laughs> yeah. Um, before I read my poetry piece, I want you to give some tips because we came out of that powerful seven-day challenge um, yes. that you had in your club. Uh, <laughs> so give some tips for some women and even men that may be listening to this um, to help them in their healing process, in their journey. Um, so the first tip I would say is to make time for God. folk, And not church, but God. Like really focus on that one-on-one relationship with him like pray open your bible (laughs) and just begin there right um because we have the habit of looking to other people for our healing looking to the church for our healing but god wants that one-on-one relationship with us so that would be one um number two journal journaling um is the best I feel like um and journaling as an outpour of everything you're feeling and then journal about gratitude the things that you're thankful for what you're grateful for um even if it's just as simple as waking up today but really acknowledge those things and third with the journaling is write um about what you're proud of yourself for acknowledge you acknowledge your wins and you know give yourself grace with that um, number three, I would say build a supportive community. Um, when it comes to healing, you know, you have to talk, but you can't just talk to anybody, right? You have to talk to people that, um, that you trust, <laughs> that, you know, you know, won't go and tell your business to 10 million people, <laughs> um, but people that can, as you pour out, they can pour back into you. So really doing that and as well as um, setting boundaries for your healing. Um, boundaries with yourself, like uh, with me, when, as I'm still, cause I'm still going through my healing, you know, we don't heal overnight. Healing is a daily process for us. So setting boundaries with myself, like, no, I'm not gonna, you know, spend 12 hours working on something just to keep my mind busy. No, I'm going to take two hours out of that day and devote two hours to doing that one thing and then do something that makes me feel good, right? And then also setting boundaries for other people. You're nobody's dump truck. (laughs) You cannot take on other people's problems while you're still trying to do your healing. Respectively, no, not today. (laughs) And that's really all it takes is you learning to say no. And lastly, I want to say smile smile like really smile um and know that you know the joy of the lord is your strength so really just smile laugh at yourself yes you are funny (laughs) like you know embrace that and embrace all of you and those are my tips (laughs) awesome i love those tips i love them um especially the last one, because I don't do that very often. I mean, you, you have a beautiful smile. You'll be like, why, why is she so mad? I'm like, hey, man. 
<laughs> like, girl, you know, but even just like yesterday, we we got up, we went to church um, and my kids wanted Starbucks afterwards. So I was like, okay, we'll go to Starbucks. We went to Starbucks. Then the girls was like, okay, mommy, let's go have lunch. And so I'm looking like, I need to go home. I need to do all of these different things, clean mm-hmm. up, do laundry. But then God was like, what about them? Like, what about them? You know, focus on them. So we went ahead and lunch at Panera Bread. They're outside dancing. Yes. Good time. You know, we got chased by walls. And then we got <laughs> the car. Um, and I drove to this little area where they had ducks by this waterfall. Mm-hmm. And the girls got out the car and they were just like dancing with the ducks. And it was so funny. Oh and like, yes. I really just was like laughing and smiling and I was like, my God, I haven't felt like this in so long, you know, mm-hmm. so little things like that, you know, yes. go outside and, and let the sun hit you go for a walk. Yes. I love to go look at other people's gardens and see the flowers and stuff like yes. that. Yes, me too. Girl, I, I was just me. <laughs> no, like I love gardens. I love flowers. I love yes. beauty. Um, My God. So just like little stuff like that. Yeah. My God, I'm going to definitely go back and take some tips, okay? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So before we close out, I'm going to read a piece of my poetry. And I'm going to actually invite you to read a piece if you got a piece too, if you want to read a piece. You got a piece? Yeah, um, I have a piece for, for our, um, for the women listening that, you know, will leave them, I think, feeling empowered and ready to take on 2022 and all it has to offer. So, Yeah. <laughs> But look, I'm gonna read my piece because my piece ain't gonna, my piece gonna have you not want no ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want no ice cream after this piece, but after mine, then you can read yours. Yes. So, all right, cool. This is my piece titled Ice Cream Man. Ice Cream Man rolling through the hoods. Look into his eyes. That man ain't no good. Good girls turn bad especially the ones who grew up without a dad. Daddy's little girl. He never protected me from a squirrel, but the ice cream man offered to pay me for a swirl. Swirl dips and licks. The ice cream man always complimented me on my hips. He liked how I walked when I swayed my hips. Hippies and groupies. The ice cream man must have thought I was a two-piece, breast and thigh. He was tweaking to get me to spread my wings like a butterfly. Flies and lullabies, ice cream man songs in the air. The ice cream man stole war and cut up my underwear. Sometimes I wouldn't blink. I would stare into midair. Airheads and sponge vibes were my favorite flavors. Can you believe he wanted me so bad that he offered to pay for it? He was tweaking for a chance to get under my clothes. That felt the ice cream man was doing the most. Most wanted by the ice cream man. That fella thought he was slick. He drove a big white van. He had all types of flavors plastered on his window. When people walked by his truck, he would yell, drop, get low. Low down, dirty shame. I remember the time the ice cream man asked me for my name. He started stalking me and drove me insane. Insanity. The ice cream man used a lot of profanity. He would call me out of my name. He even tried to play the blame game. It was all funny games. Until I gave my child the ice cream man's last name. Oh my God. Tell me that child don't have goosebumps after that poem. <laughs> oh my God. It's so powerful. 
Um, I love it. He had to jump on my lap. I'm telling you, if I'm at the screen too long, he's coming. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> it's yes. Crazy. Man. Wow. Yes. But we ready for you. Okay. This son turned into okay. a, a quick poetry session. <laughs> okay. Um, because he's about to cry. Hold on. Oh, come on. Easy. <laughs> Congratulations, queen. You've been renewed in Christ. Know that old things are passed away. The new is here and it's a beautiful sight. It's a kingdom light. Navigating the faith walk through life. The enemy will try to bring up your past. Cast him into the sea, sis, because God gave you beauty for ash. Don't you see this new thing? Do you feel the grace and mercy? Can you see it now? It keeps happening to me. Kiara sang out our new sound. God gave us a new style. We are elevated in Christ. No weapon formed against us shall prosper for this new you in 2022. You got to fight for his glory, for your story, for his purpose, for your life. You've been promoted, sis. We're reaching new altitudes with a renewed mind. Prepare to take flight. What? Yes. Wow. All right. All right. All right. Yes. Nate on the ones and twos, y'all. <laughs> Check her out, my God. That was so powerful. I loved it. I loved it. Yes. It was definitely powerful. Also, go ahead, tell the people, because you also have a poetry blog, tell the people how they can connect with you. Yes. So um, my poetry blog is on Medium, but if you go to BrittanyMonet.com, you will be able to um, reach it there. I am on Clubhouse every Wednesday sharing poetry um, on Clubhouse. My at is I'm Brittany Monet. And Instagram is the Brittany Monet. Yes. Awesome. All right, y'all. Thank, well, thank, thank you guys you. once again for tuning in for another week of a dose of that Louisiana heat. Peace. Whoop, whoop. <laughs>